What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the JT Sports Podcast. I'm your host, JT, here to give you guys my reaction to a couple of NFL Week 2 games that I just got done watching. We're going to be talking Jets, Cowboys, Ravens, Bengals, and Chiefs, Jaguars. Before I give you guys my thoughts on those games, leave a like, subscribe to the channel, make sure you check out the JT Sports Podcast. Every episode that's uploaded on the channel is available in audio format on all podcasting platforms. Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you get your podcast from, you can find the JT Sports Podcast. If you enjoy this episode, leave us with a five-star review. We will greatly appreciate it. We're trying to get to 100 five-star reviews. So if you enjoy the content and you want to support us, go ahead, give us a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. The Cowboys continue to dominate. They annihilated another New York team this week, beating the New York Jets 30 to 10. And in my opinion, right now, I believe that the Dallas Cowboys are the best team in the NFL. The Cowboys defense against the Jets offense was an absolute mismatch. The Jets couldn't get anything going offensively outside of that one big play touchdown that they had to Garrett Wilson in that field goal. This offense got clamped all afternoon by the Cowboys defense. Michael Parsons was playing like a man possessed, and so was everybody else on this Dallas Cowboys defensive line. They were getting after Zach Wilson all afternoon. Every time he dropped back the pass, it seemed like somebody was raining down on him. And not only was I impressed by how the Dallas Cowboys pass rush performed in this game, but this run defense, oh my goodness. You talking about shutting down the run? The New York Jets have one of the best running back cores in all of football. Dalvin Cook, Brees Hall, and none of those fools have more than 10 yards rushing in this game. New York's leading rusher was Zach Wilson. This was an absolutely outstanding performance out of Dallas defense. And I know it's Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson is no Aaron Rodgers. He isn't that good. And the Jets don't have a great offensive line. But this is what you want to see from a team like Dallas. Dallas was the far more talented team. And they showed that and they played like that in this game. There are way too many teams that every single week they end up being in close games with teams that they have no business being in close games with. So you got to give the Dallas Cowboys a lot of credit for being able to play up to the level of talent that they have and not playing down the competition. And honestly, when you look at this defense, this may be one of the best defenses that we've seen in a very long time. There's no weakness on this Cowboys defense. Their defensive line is stacked. Their linebackers are stacked. Their secondary is stacked. You got Stephon Gilmore and Trayvon Diggs at corner. That's pretty much the best cornerback duo in the NFL. Who the hell is going to put up more than 20 points on this Dallas defense this year? Because I don't really think there's going to be a team that's going to be able to do so. This defense is a large reason why I think this is probably the best chance that the Dallas Cowboys have had at winning it all since the damn 90s. There's no way this team shouldn't make it to the NFC Championship game. And I know it's really early in the season, but the Dallas Cowboys, with how this defense is freaking playing right now, I think this could be a historically great defense that Dallas has. Now, moving to the other side of the ball for Dallas, offensively, 
This passing game had a very good performance against one of the best pass defenses in the NFL. Dak Prescott, two touchdowns, no interceptions, 249 pass yards, only through seven incompletions in the whole entire ball game. This was one of the best games that he had in the last two years. No turnovers, mistake-free, making great decisions with the football. Dakota Prescott, sir, you had a masterclass performance. You're my player of the game. Now, the rushing attack was pretty solid, even though averaging under three yards per carry for Tony Pollard is a little bit of a disappointment. The Cowboys do got a really good offensive line, so I was expecting a little bit more out of him, given the fact that you know, he is one of the most explosive backs in the NFL. I just thought that he would have a better game. The Jets do have a really good defensive line with a lot of young, talented players on it, such as Will McDonald, Jermaine Johnson, Quentin Williams. But the Dallas Cowboys got one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. So I kind of thought they would have a little bit more success with Tony Pollard. But overall, this was an absolutely outstanding performance by this offense. This offense was clicking on all cylinders for the majority of this game. In the first half, they played lights out. In the second half, they didn't really do a great job at finishing drives like they did in the first half of this game. They left a couple of plays on the field that could have resulted in touchdowns. They went 2-6 in the red zone, so that's definitely something that they're going to have to clean up. But after watching this game, I don't get how you can't view the Dallas Cowboys right now at least being a top two, top three team in the league. You can criticize them for playing against not great competition, but at the end of the day, you can only play the teams that's on your schedule. And not just are the Cowboys playing the teams that's on their schedule, but they're annihilating these fools. They got the largest point differential in the NFL. Anytime you can just dominate any team in the league, that's something that you got to get some props for because most games in the league come down to one possession. There's not too many games that result in a lot of blowouts. So for the Dallas Cowboys for the second consecutive week to annihilate another Big Apple team is really impressive to me. I don't give a damn if they didn't have Aaron Rodgers in this game. If Aaron Rodgers was playing, I don't really think the final score would have been all that different. It probably would have been 27-17 instead of 30-10. The New York Jets defense played a very good ball game, but overall, when your offense isn't able to get anything going and your defense have to be on the field for the majority of plays and possessions, your defense is going to struggle, they're going to get tired, they're going to get fatigued, and they're not going to be all that effective, especially against a team like the Dallas Cowboys that has one of the most talented offenses in the NFL. It doesn't matter how good your defense is if your offense can't really do much to help you out. And Zach Wilson, he looks a little bit better. I know the three interceptions are going to make a lot of people say, oh, like, he played like shit, JT. If you actually watch this game prior to the fourth quarter, Zach Wilson, I felt, looked pretty solid. And I'm saying this in terms of Zach Wilson standards. Solid for Zach Wilson is not the same solid for most quarterbacks. This is the best Zach Wilson has looked 
in his first couple of years being in the league. Now, the three interceptions, like I said, those definitely are something that will turn you on, but most of those got thrown when the game was already out of reach and the Jets were just trying to get a big play. The offensive line didn't do him no favors. The run game didn't do him no favors. And the Dallas Cowboys, they smelled blood in the water. They were like sharks. And the game plan wasn't too hard. All you had to do was force the New York Jets to abandon the run game and have to throw the ball to win. And that pretty much was the game. And even if Zach Wilson played a little bit better, let's say, let screw that. Let's say Aaron Rodgers would have played in this game. You think Aaron Rodgers would have been able to do much? With how bad this offensive line was, I mean, Michael Parsons was in the backfield, it seemed like nearly every single drop back. They got no left tackle. They don't have great guards. It's a mess when it comes to looking at this New York Jets offensive line. And the Dallas Cowboys took full advantage of this bad offensive line. Zach Wilson, he looks a little bit better, but this defense played an absolutely outstanding game against this Jets offense. I know the Jets don't have much offensively, but for the Dallas Cowboys, they suffocated this offense. They only converted on third down one time in the whole entire ball game. the Jets offense did. That's dominance. And I think that this level of dominance defensively is going to continue for the Dallas Cowboys throughout this season. They may have a couple of games. Maybe they give up 20, maybe 24 and two or three games. But for the most part, there's not going to be too many teams that are going to have a lot of success moving the ball against this Dallas defense. They're stacked at every position on the defense. And offensively, they got enough pieces where they should be able to put at least 27 points per game on you. So I like the Dallas Cowboys a lot this season. I'm not penciling them in as my Super Bowl pick, but I do think that if there was a year for Dallas to finally win it all, I think this finally could be the season. The Baltimore Ravens look like the best team in the AFC North. They beat the Cincinnati Bengals 27 to 24. The Ravens offense did whatever they wanted to for pretty much the entirety of this game. Lamar Jackson had a credible display throwing the football, 24-33, 237 passing yards, two TDs, no picks. And he also was really big when it came to extending plays and keeping the drive alive on third down with his legs. Cincinnati, their secondary they didn't do a good job in this game. This may be the worst performance that I've seen out of a Lou Anarumo coach secondary in a while. I mean, Baltimore, they were getting big plays downfield. You had a big throw in the second half to joystick. Lamar Jackson was methodical in the short intermediate passing game. This Todd Munkin's offense is starting to come together, and it's starting to come together really fast. Lamar Jackson... I'm trying to tell you folks, he's going to be in for an MVP season under Todd Munkin. You saw this Baltimore Ravens offense when it's functioning at 100% capability. You got great receivers. You got Zay Flowers, OBJ when he comes back healthy, Rashad Bateman, Mark Andrews, Isaiah Likely. I mean, it's just weapon after weapon on this offense. Defensively, they had a pretty good game because normally when Joe Burrow goes up against the Ravens defense, he has a pretty solid performance. This still wasn't a great game out of Joe Burrow, even though he did play better in this game than what he did week one. 
he wasn't all that great. Cincinnati didn't generate a lot of big plays downfield. The Ravens did a really good job at limiting the amount of big plays that they gave up. They forced Cincinnati to get the ball out fast. Their defensive line was really getting after Cincinnati's offensive line and Joe Burrow. And it's just like, damn, if you're a Bengals fan, when the fuck are you finally going to figure out the offensive line? This offensive line has been dog shit for years. When is Joe Burrow finally going to get some time, more than 2.5 seconds to throw the football? The Ravens defensive line, I really like what I saw in this game. Now, is the Ravens defensive line this good or is the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line just this bad like how it has been the last couple of years? I probably think it's a little bit of both. The ja You see, the Ravens have some young pass rushers that I really like a lot. Okay, you got Adafi Owe, who I was really high on when he was coming out of Penn State. We're still waiting for him to reach his full potential. And they also got uh, another guy that they drafted in David Ajabu not too long ago in the NFL draft last year. But he had to pretty much sit out all of 2022 due to an injury that he sustained during the draft process. So last year pretty much was a redshirt year for him. There is a lot of young talent on this defensive line for Baltimore. And I'm eager to see how this defensive line continues to perform throughout this season. But this was a really good game that they had against the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line. I think that the Ravens, moving forward, this offense is only going to continue to get better as Lamar Jackson continues to get more comfortable and Todd Munkin continues to figure out new ways to utilize this personnel. This is a dangerous offense. And right now, the Ravens are 2-0, and I think they're the best team in the AFC North. They're better than the Steelers, the Browns, and whoever else by landslide. The offense is really good. This defense should be really good, even though they do have a lot of injuries. This is a team that is normally always well-coached. And when you are a well-coached ball club, you're going to be able to to find ways to have good performances on sides of the ball that you have significant injuries at. Not just that Baltimore coming to this game being banked up on defense, but they were missing a couple of core guys offensively. Hell, OBJ left the game at one point with an ankle injury. So Baltimore, I was a little surprised that they were able to get this win. Not because I didn't think they would be able to, but because of all the injuries that they had. Now, Cincinnati... They turned things on in the second half. Joe Burrow and his offense finally decided to get out of bed and start trying to make some plays. But it was just a, a little bit too late when the Bengals finally started to get a little bit of momentum offensively. I'm a little bit concerned about the Bengals offense this year. It looked like Joe Burrow re-aggravated that calf injury. I think Joe Burrow could be in for a little bit of a down year, just him not being able to get fully healthy, him missing a significant portion of training camp due to that injury. And this is the wrong season for the Bengals to get out to a slow start. You're in the AFC North, arguably the toughest division in the AFC. You can't afford to get out to a slow start because you see, you got the Browns, the Steelers, and the Ravens. And you don't want to be from behind midway through the year when you're three, four games out of being a playoff team because Joe Burrow isn't able to stay healthy and you're struggling to figure things out. The Bengals need to start 
finding some answers to get this offense playing at a consistent level. We know that the Bengals kind of have a tendency to start the season out slow. They can start games out a little slow, but they can kind of get back into it. This isn't the season that you can pull that shit off consistently, man. This is way too much talent this year in this division. Imagine if Deshaun Watson gets back to playing at the level that he did when he was in Houston. Imagine if Lamar Jackson really does end up playing up to the MVP expectations that I have for him if Kenny Pickett and the Steelers are able to figure it out you're in trouble you could find yourself being in last place in this division yeah it sounds like a little bit of a hot take but I mean Joe Burrow with this injury we don't know when he's ever going to really be able to get back to 100% and if he's ever going to get back into the rhythm that he has been in the previous years this just might be one of those seasons where the Bengals just kind of disappoint And we've been asking who's most likely to finish in last place in the AFC North. Many people say either the Steelers or the Browns, but with how this calf injury is affecting Joe Burrow, maybe there's a chance that maybe the Bengals only win eight, nine games. I don't know. It's so early into the season, but I would be a little concerned if I was a fan of Cincinnati. The Baltimore Ravens. I picked them to win this division. They look like the best team at this moment. And normally when Lamar Jackson is healthy, they are around either the first seed or the second seed when it comes to playoff seeding. The Ravens beat the Cincinnati Bengals. They improved to 2-0. Let me know what you guys think about this game down in the comment section down below. The Kansas City Chiefs bounce back. They beat the Jaguars 17-9. Chris Jones... He was back, and we all knew he was back, and we all knew that Kansas City missed him against the Detroit Lions because he was absolutely going ham against the Jaguars. The Jaguars could not stop Chris Jones from getting penetration on Trevor Lawrence. And not just was Chris Jones really good in this game, but the rest of their pass rush was really impressive as well. They have four total sacks as a team. And not just did they do a really good job at getting after Trevor Lawrence, but they did a really good job against the run game of Jacksonville also. And Kansas City's defense continues to impress me. They had a really good showing against the Detroit Lions in week one. I didn't think they would be able to replicate that same performance in week two, although they were getting Chris Jones back because I thought that the Jaguars offensively would have more success in this game against Kansas City's defense, being the fact that this secondary is still a little bit shaky. There's still a little bit of some concerns about how they're going to hold up that corner. Well, those concerns didn't really get shown because this secondary was locked down. They only gave up a couple of big plays near the tail end of this game. For the most part, Jacksonville had a really hard time at generating explosive plays in the passing game. And it should be shown by their third down conversion percentage. Jacksonville didn't do a good job at converting in third down situations. You want to know why? Because nearly every third down opportunity that they were put in most of the time, was third and long. They struggled on first and second down. The Chiefs defense, I don't know what different things Steve Spagnola's doing this season, but this is one of the best defenses, if not the best defense that I've seen Kansas City play in all their years under Andy Reid ever. I've never seen the Kansas City Chiefs defense be this good. And imagine what's going to happen when this offense 
finally really gets into rhythm and these receivers are finally able to get into a good flow they're able to continue to develop better chemistry and timing with Patrick Mahomes you got to remember that the Chiefs still have one of the youngest groups of receivers in the NFL Kadarius Tony is pretty young you got MVS who is probably the veteran of your receivers but then you got Sky Moore, Rasheed Rice, Justin Ross. There's a lot of young talent in this, in this receiving room. And anytime you got a lot of youth at that position, it's not just one of those positions where, yeah, we got young talent, it's going to work. It kind of takes some growing pains. You're going to have some games where these young guys step up and you're going to have some games like what you got week one against Detroit where the young guys just are dropping passes and they're just not reliable. But you know who is reliable? Travis Kelsey. And the old reliable was back. Even though he even had a little bit of rust. He dropped the touchdown. He also had another big drop in this game. I was like, damn. So Travis Kelsey, you have a little bit of ring rust also? But Patrick Mahomes, being the dude that he is, when the game was on the line, that's when Patrick Mahomes made some of the biggest plays in this ball game. And in the second half, he had a really great performance. In the first half, Kansas City's offense, let's just be honest, it was sloppy. They had some turnovers. Mahomes had an interception. They also had a fumble. It kind of was a slow start out the gate for Kansas City. It wasn't just a completely smooth operation. And many people are surprised at how this game ended up going. We thought that this was going to be an offensive shootout. We thought that we were going to see both of these teams put up damn near 30 points. We thought we were going to see nearly a million yards of offense, but this was kind of a defensive slugfest. But slowly, as we progressed throughout this game, Kansas City started to separate themselves from Jacksonville. And you know what makes Kansas City a Super Bowl contender every single year outside of having Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey is the fact that defensively they're able to get key stops in big moments. You want to know why? Because they have the ability to generate pressure on the quarterback consistently in third down situations, something that Jacksonville didn't do a good job at doing. If Jacksonville wants to be regarded as a legitimate threat to win the Super Bowl this year, they need this pass rush to do better. They need this defense to do better in third down situations against elite quarterbacks. Jacksonville doesn't have a terrible defense, but the knock that I have with this defense is that when they go up against some of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, they can't get them off the field because they can't get a consistent pass rush. And if you want to be able to be a Super Bowl team, you got to have two good pass rushers. If you can't get some of these quarterbacks off the field, you're going to allow these fools to continue to drive on you to have game-winning drives to win the game. You're going to allow them to continue to move the chains on third down like what we saw from Patrick Mahomes in this game. You see, Detroit... Another reason why the Lions beat Kansas City wasn't just because they didn't have Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey, but it was because Aiden Hutchinson and James Houston, when it was money time, when it was time for the Lions offense to get back on the field, guess what that defense did? That pass rush got going and they got Mahomes and company and that offense off the field. They got big stops when they needed them. Jacksonville is a defense that at times they have the tendency to be too dependent on generating turnovers or 
waiting for the opposing quarterback to make a mistake, when you're going against Mahomes, Joe Burrow, or any of the other top quarterbacks in the league in the postseason, that's not a winning recipe for having postseason success. And people wonder why I continue to hamper home the point during this offseason that the Jaguars shouldn't be regarded as legit Super Bowl contenders. Could they win the Super Bowl? Yes, they can. But do they have a better chance at winning the Super Bowl than teams such as the Bengals, Chiefs, and Ravens? No, because they don't have the consistency that you need to be a Super Bowl contender up front. Not just when it comes to their defensive line, but their offensive line as well. Trevor Lawrence was getting his ass whacked back there. This offensive line doesn't look as good as what it was last year. And even at times last year, there was an offensive line that kind of had the tendency to struggle. Chiefs beat the Jaguars 17-9. Give me your thoughts on this game down in the comment section down below. And this is it for this episode of the JT Sports Podcast. Really short, brief, just wanted to come on here and give you guys a couple of my quick thoughts to a few games that I've watched. We're going to be doing these a lot more often. If you enjoyed this episode, leave us with a like, subscribe to the channel, rate us five stars on Apple and Spotify, and I will see you guys with another episode of the JT Sports Podcast.